Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone, uh, talking CZW Expelled, March 18th, 2000, for the first time ever, Ben, from Philadelphia, Philadelphia University. Oh, by the way, I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stadt. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia, there's, I mean, it did get me worried, maybe, about the Kashmaris, Kashmaris, Kashmarinos, Kash Kashmarinos, yeah, they, I mean, Philadelphia's Known for being gay, so, you know... I don't <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, if I think of homophobic cities, it's like New Jersey number one, Philadelphia number two. Is, it, is Philadelphia homophobic? I would assume, yeah. I mean, I know it's a city of brotherly love, but it, it's like white trash utopia in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. As far as I know, yeah. I, and I think the listeners will back me up on this, for Yeah, sure. sure. Let us know, listeners, right in. I was shocked that a university opened their doors to CCW, because I thought, like, universities in the States were, like, pretty big deals and like 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 university football is considered really seriously i think or college football uh so to see like a university open their doors to this type of shit was sort of shocking to me yeah i guess anyone who gives them money i assume zandig paid you think to so be in here. yeah i don't think the university paid them unless they just mistakenly thought this was wwe or I, wwf i would assume money didn't change hands i don't know why i, w I would actually love to know because I mean, this venue is not nothing to look at. It's it's like it reminds me of my own middle school gym. It's sort of like shitty looking. Yeah, I, ju I don't know. I guess and there's a lot of rundown education. I mean, with how education works in America, there will be some places just that will take anything just yeah. to have funding. Any so. any venue with bleachers and basketball hoops, they have to turn upwards so they're not too low. Is hilarious. Yeah, they uh, they're not quite in the professional arena. It's funny that they're, they're like a year and a bit in. Yeah. And they're still like yeah. just in gyms. They're yeah, like like yeah DIY in a lot of the arenas. But um, that's that's fine. I mean, even Ring of Honor in the early years too. It's it's a lot of that. You're right. It's any any building willing to open its doors that's big enough. And to be fair to CCW, I gotta say, I don't know. My, I'm not good at reading crowds, but it feels like the largest crowd they've had. This this crowd's because we had a show with bleachers a few weeks ago, and you could tell the bleachers were like empty. And in this one, it's, like, packed. Like, it looks like at least three to 400 people in here, I would say. Yeah, quite a few. I suppose after March, violence sent ripples through the wrestling world. People <laughs> the people just wanted to see Rick Blade slide in. Yes, that, that was it. That's what did it. Yeah. Uh, so we do kick it off, and it begins with the ring announcer running into the ring, and he, he introduces, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, because this is March 18th, uh, we are going to introduce the giant leprechaun. And that's what he said, and I was like, did I hear that right? And out comes, like, this seven-foot dude. I don't know if he's seven feet, but he's really big, <laughs> dressed like a leprechaun. Yeah, for a leprechaun. Like, a giant leprechaun <laughs> wouldn't be giant for a human. It would be giant for a leprechaun, which yeah. should be about four foot. <laughs> this is just a, this is a big human. I forget what wrestling company did it, but it was, like, uh, the world's tallest little person, and it was just, like, a guy who was, like, 5'5", five five, <laughs> and then I've seen, like, the world's shortest giant, and, it, again, it's just a guy who's, like, six foot. Yeah. <laughs> Always I mean, fair, hilarious. Fair play. Fair, I like that, as well, this episode seems to be 
I mean, you said Philadelphia, but the way there's a sepia filter on it, it looks like it's in Mexico. Dude, it's I'm got glad the you Mexico, brought it up. <laughs> it's got the Mexico filter on it. Yeah, I was it like, looks, is this Breaking Bad? It's like, like an Instagram filter. It's yeah. so funny. The entire show, it's like, I don't know if they forgot to white balance. I don't really know how cameras work. But <laughs> it, it all looks terrible. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it looks like the, the flashback in Mexico. Yeah, and we're back to the single camcorder as well. Just a guy around the, around the ring. That, yeah. That's all we'll be getting all night. The crowd starts hostile. You can tell they're already drunk. They're already sort of shouting shit at people. Uh, and then as the giant leprechaun comes out, people are like curling insults at him. And he starts like throwing out like hats and shirts, I think they were. And the kids love this. You get the, the kids were yelling, we want a hat. And he throws the kids a hat. All very wholesome. And then out comes John Dahmer, uh, who is just the peripheral CZW opener at this point. And... He, he interrupts uh, with Natasha in tow, and he cuts a promo, and he's, like, treating him like he's a little person. Like, he's looking down at him, even though the guy's taller than him, which I thought was sort of funny. Yeah, if I was in the crowd, I'd be hostile, because I'm, like, I would be, like, they've done, they've loopholed it here, mm. and they've put a man in a, they've not given me a giant leprechaun. They've <laughs> put a, a man in a leprechaun suit, and I'd be livid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but also, I'd take a free hat. Yeah, for sure. The hats did look cool. Um, the leprechaun says, hey man, I, I don't want to fight, I'm just here to celebrate St. Paddy's Day. He's <laughs> like, this is my one spot a year, come on dude. And, uh, John Dahmer attacks him from behind. And that leads to our first match, technically. John Dahmer versus the giant leprechaun. Um, and it's funny, John Dahmer quickly, like, he's trying to clothesline the guy, and he just stands in place and no-sells it. And then he just chokeslams Dahmer, who's out. Natasha enters the ring, jumps on the giant leprechaun's back, and then the DQ is immediately called at 46 seconds. Of- I'm not counting that as a match. <laughs> if it is, it's the shortest one in CCW history. Yeah, the world's shortest match. Let's show you that. <laughs> so the giant leprechaun fucking flings Natasha off of his head, slamming her on the mat, and then just drops an elbow on her for good measure. And the crowd goes wild for this. I mean, yeah, of course. Again, this is Philadelphia, so that's their, that's their vibe. Uh, and then Dahmer and Natasha just leave, sort of beat up, as the giant leprechaun celebrates and throws out more hats. And then we get a hard cut. Well, what did you think of this? <laughs> Bad. I, I hate all of it. Like, I, I was just like... I don't know, like, I, it was, I saw the runtime was an hour and 36, and I was like, oh, this is going to be action all the way through. They surely have learnt their lesson from slow starts. And mm-hmm. then, like, no, they have not. They've not learned that. Ironically, being in a university, they've yet to learn their lesson. <laughs> And this was six minutes, so we're now down to like an hour thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then the we get a hard cut, and we're back to our hard cuts. At least they've done with the fading and shit. And the announcer introduces from the Thrill Kill Cult. It's midnight, and he has an announcement to make. And so out comes midnight, and we've never really liked this guy. He's not a good promo usually ever. Uh, he always like he's like a poor man's Raven is what we've called him in the past. But he comes out with a microphone, and I I actually bought what he was saying. Because he's, he's saying, you know what, this is going to be my last public appearance. I'm just not having fun anymore with pro wrestling. I don't want to use the R word, but this is the last time you're going to see me here in CZW. I fully thought this was like a, a real thing. I fully thought he was actually retiring. I bought into it. What about, what about you? Yeah, I did as well. I, I, had, I had no reason to think that he wasn't telling the truth. Like, I don't know, like he had a cool shirt on. He'd come dressed well for his retirement due. Yeah, yeah, he's not in gimmick. Um, yeah, and you know he's in a nice venue. They found a nice venue, you know, a university. The stage is there, and he thought like, oh, th- this will be the perfect place to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
almost like as a side note, he just says, like, oh, I've had lots of great memories here. Like, I got great friends on the back, including Mercury, who, like, I broke into the business with, and then I brought him here to CZW, and he's sort of, like, reminiscing again. And then, out of nowhere, Mercury just shows up and low blows him, then brings a chair into the ring and hits him three times on the head with a chair, like, brutally. Uh, and just assaults the guy, and it was sort of, sort of out of nowhere. I mean, I, I liked that at least he called out Mercury beforehand or mentioned him, because I feel like the old CCW or the one we're used to would have just this would have just attacked. It would have been Zandik. Yeah, it would have been Zandik <laughs> battering him out of nowhere. Yeah, or there would have sure. been zero context at all. It would have just been a random beatdown. But uh, so at least he had that. And I do. I imagine these guys probably did start together. You know. Um, but yeah, he beats the shit out of him, then he hits his own patented drop toe hold into the seated chair, which Midnight usually does, and then walks away. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all this segment was. What did, what did you think of this? Bad, again. <laughs> like, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really like any, I don't, I didn't like either, you know, I don't like Midnight. Um, Mercury's had some good matches, to be fair, but, like, it's just... I don't care enough about these people to like care about a retirement speech and then be like popping when like mm-hmm. Mercury betrays him or comes in or whatever. I don't know if he's maybe supposed to say something different because he doesn't say, "Oh, I brought Mercury here and made him the star that he is." And think he's just like, "Yeah, we started together." Yeah, and Mercury's like, "That's wrong, actually." He's like, "Well, okay, no, fair enough." But then for a guy you don't want to retire, I guess, or beat down, it's like you've given him. Probably severe concussion, which could retire him. Yeah, I'm of two minds, because I, I agree, it is out of nowhere or whatever, but I think the segment was well acted, it was like, unoffensively short, and then it leads to a match that makes sense, so I'm just going by my CCW curb, and I'm like, this yeah. is a good segment, technically. <laughs> like, you've, Yeah, you've reached the point much in CCW where you, you've broken, you've broken your brain, and you're like, well actually, yeah, this is great storytelling. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Uh, then we get another hard cut, and we come back with the announcer once again entering the ring, and he's with the guy with the douchey shirt and the sunglasses that he was with. I believe it was the last show, if not the one before. And they're doing a gimmick where the douchebag's got an extra shirt that's the exact same as his, and he's trying to get the announcer to wear it. And then for some reason, he gets into it with the enforcer, Rob Hartog. And Rob grabs the mic, and he's like, listen asshole and the crowd just pops as soon as he says listen asshole and he's got no charisma <laughs> like he's the the worst speaker i wish you were more of a stern fan because he's fully scott the engineer he's just a bald fat sort of like wallower down on his luck guy but this crowd loved rob hard that's well that's that's all czw fans to be <laughs> fair at this point like i mean the shirt this guy's brought is is actually cool now. Like it's come back into fashion now. It's very maximalist. There's dragons on it. You'd wear it when you were thirteen <laughs> to a party. Yeah, for uh, Canadians, this is a Randy River shirt. If you're wondering. Okay, I don't. Yeah, you don't. You won't get that. I won't. But, but the Canadians. Canadians will. Okay, nice. Um, for English people, you'd wear this to a party when you were thirteen. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it just it, it looks cool. I think, but yeah, it's it's very odd. Um, and. It is cool when it, they pop for the ref, because we've all seen him take some beatings and get him beaten up a lot, so it's nice to see him get a bit of respect back. Mm-hmm. 
It's um, weird. It's like the ref. I'm trying to just can like convey his vibe to someone who's never seen him. Like he looks divorced. He yeah. looks like a sad guy. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he got radicalized through TikTok. Like he looks, <laughs> he looks like he's on TikTok now. Like anti-vaxxer TikTok. Like yeah. he's like. Yeah, he's duet this, please. Like, just he's fully head gone. Definitely divorced. TV dinners. <laughs> TV dinners. That <laughs> yeah. could be his name. Yeah. TV dinners. <laughs> TV dinners. Um, but he spears the fuck out of this guy. Yeah, it's awesome. He, he, hits, he hits like an awesome spear and then kicks him out of the ring and then throws his shirt on him on his face and then walks around like a badass for a few seconds and then we get another hard cut. So this is three segments. If you don't count the first match. I don't. No, not a wrestling match. And we're less than 15 minutes into the show now. So it's just, uh, it's Crash TV here. You're just going, going, going. Uh, but then I got excited because two random production guys bring in what looked like a barbed wire table. Like, it's just a table covered in broken glass, thumbtacks, barbed wire, and they have light tubes on top of it. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is like a crazy table match or just a death match or something, you know? Yeah, I'm like, this must be wrestling. There's a table, there's barbed wire, there's check. This 100% has to be a wrestling match. And, you know, it, it is. And, but- that, and that's when the announcer says, it's time for our first ever ultra-violent arm wrestling match. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I guess it's wrestling. <laughs> I was expecting, like, Madman Pondo to come out and face someone. Like, a, like maybe just Mitch Page in a rematch. And instead, our world champion, Zandig, comes out. Just looking as jacked as ever. He does look really He does look really good, actually. He's huge. Yeah, man. he's ripped. He's got, like, a, a jug of water. Like, I love his little his jugs of water. Like, yeah. like well, his piss jugs that he also uses to drink water from or something. Like, yeah, he insane. empties it into his body and then pisses it yeah, back exactly. into the jug. It's a, and then probably <laughs> throws it out of his car window on the, the way home. It's life. Yeah, 100%. And it's so funny because he comes out and he just swings the, the water jug around. And you can see there's just one guy near the entrance that just took a full splash, like, yeah. all over him. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? It's fucking Zandig. I might as well take it. And so Zandig cuts a promo. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's the same promo you've always heard. The first thing he says is CZ fucking W, which makes me want to get a tattoo, dude. I do want a CZW tattoo. A CZ, I might get one with TV dinners on it. <laughs> It'd be hyper-specific and hyper-niche. And then the first thing he does, he points out an audience member and he's like, hey, you... Where's your sister at? <laughs> I don't know why. It just really got me. Uh, it's so rude. And he talks about the weed whacker torture porn they filmed last week that he went through. Because this is literally a week removed from March violence. Like, we're still in March. I, I'm sort of shocked. Yeah, this this is... I guess this isn't March violence anymore. Yeah, no. he, well, he didn't even sell it on the night. But so I guess I shouldn't be shocked. But it's yeah. like... That's like a real deal fucked up angle they did. you think he'd be not around for a bit. Uh, but he's still talking, it's funny because three guys attacked him, but he's still specifically stuck on Justin Case. And so he calls out Justin Case, and out comes Justin Case to Justice Payne's, fuck, this is going to be confusing. Justin Case enters to Justin Justice Payne's music. Yeah. But not with Justice Payne. He was actually, him and Nick Gage, nowhere to be seen on this show. The first one, I think, in company history, I'm pretty sure. To, to have neither of them in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to not have either one in. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like a state law thing or. <laughs> like, they can't. Yeah, maybe they're, they're not allowed into Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then it's funny, so as Justin Case is entering, Zandy gets in the camera's face and he's like, oh, I'm going to rip this boy's arm off and beat him to death with it. And I was like, fuck yeah. So I guess technically your second match, but maybe not even your no. first match. Are you saying this still I'm isn't a match? I'm saying this doesn't count as wrestling. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm saying arm wrestling does not count as wrestling. <laughs> okay, I, I buy it. And I just wish we, we got to make a reel of this or something, because just to see how stupid this table looks. Like, you can see the idea is that you're going to slam the, the back of the guy's hand into, like, glass and barbed wire. It's just so dumb. It is odd. It's a very <laughs> odd, like, comedy, weird comedy angle that they're going for. Like, I, maybe Zandig just watched Over the Top with Stallone in, and he's like, that would be sick. Well, and it's like a blood feud, and he's got the guy that he wants to kill in the ring. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to sit here calmly and arm wrestle you. Yeah, because <laughs> these guys already have a way to work out feuds. Yeah, wrestling. Guy, they're a, he owns a wrestling company. The guy weed whacked him last week. Yeah, and he's like, let's arm wrestle, bro. <laughs> that is a good way to say Settle it. So they just take because of course if you just did an arm wrestling match this thing would be thirty seconds. So they have to just kill time just in case sits down and goes to grab his hand and stands up literally three separate times. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Rob Hartog the enforcer is like giving him shit, which is sort of funny. Oh man, again just looking like the worst guy. He looks like a Peter K character. <laughs> like he, <laughs> seeing him next to Zandig makes him look so much more ridiculously out of shape. Um, but then, I bet he's 30 as well. 100% he's yeah. 30 years old. Definitely. Or yeah, he's like... He, he recently graduated from the university. <laughs> yeah, from Philadelphia. That's the only reason they were allowed in. He's like, oh, Ron, cool, you're still doing the wrestling thing, buddy, yeah. And so finally, uh, they do hold arms and they begin, like, like fake arm wrestling, which is so funny because it must be tough. Like, I couldn't... They literally just holding their arms in place and trying to flex, but not like trying to beat the other guy. And, and then finally, just uh, just in case, pulls away. So to solve this, Rob Hartog tape or first he wraps their hands together in barbed wire while they're holding hands, and then duct tapes their hands together so they can literally not no longer break their grips. Um, again, this whole thing just was so stupid. Yeah, it goes on for so long. <laughs> like, dude, it's an armor. Like, if I was in the crowd as well, I'd be like, this is what... Give me more free hats, at least. Bring yeah. back the free hats. Yeah, why isn't the giant leprechaun arm wrestling right now? Yeah. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Wife Beater and Smack Mac attack with the Weed Whacker. And it's that ominous noise that just fills the arena. It's, it's creepy when the, someone's using the weed whacker. And so they fucking cut Zandig from the back again as he sat at this table, like, trying to arm wrestle this guy. I'm like, man, you got to get rid of the weed whacker. Because it's almost like you're creating this universe where the weed whacker is such an overpowered weapon. It's like, why doesn't everyone just use a weed whacker in every match? You know? Yeah, it's the lightsaber. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to create. <laughs> oh well, these guys have weed whacker armor actually, and, and <laughs> these are better than weed. But yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna be power creep in CZW. I feel. <laughs> so yeah, and it's so funny because they you see them getting into the ring with the weed whacker, and they're careful not to like hurt, hit the ropes or anything. It's all. It's all just hilarious. So they're weed whacking Zandig as the table falls over and just in case just slams his hand into the ultra-violent table. Zandig rolls out of the ring and then Lobo attacks from behind, takes the weed whacker, and it's funny because you can tell he's meant to get wife beater like right away. Instead, it doesn't happen and wife beater just braces himself and flexes knowing that he's about to get weed whacked. Yeah. And he takes it like in the stomach. And, and you can tell you can tell it's real by the way they react because he just fucking collapses and yeah, then rolls out of the ring. Zandig sells it really well actually when he's getting when he's sat down and gets attacked. I don't I don't like even being, think it's selling. I think yeah, he's just getting oh, weed yeah, whacked. Getting weed whacked. Yeah, that's true actually. <laughs> but yeah, he, he oh. yeah he um 
He gets fucked up. They both get fucked up yeah. real badly, and like Zandig's bleeding profusely everywhere. Dude, you can see wife beaters cut where it happened, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it like shredded his skin open. Like it's it's so fucked. And they just got to get away from this fad for their own health. Like, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, they've been going now since that. But yeah, I don't know. This is brutal. I, I don't want to... Yeah, don't use weed whackers, guys, in wrestling <laughs> matches. And so, uh, Lobo... And by the way, during this time, as Lobo's cleaning house, Zandig's bleeding from everywhere. He's bleeding from his head, his arm, his back. I don't know how he got fucked up this hard. He's, like, the weed whacker hit him in the back, but it's, then he decided to blade, I guess. It's an ultra-violent arm wrestle. Uh, you know, everything's going to bleed at the end of that. Yeah. So Zandig and Lobo, uh, they sort of reunite. Because these guys used to be a tag team uh, early days, if you remember. And then Zandig sort of just moved past Lobo. But they reunite and then challenge the two later to a tag team match. Uh, which Mac wouldn't actually take part in, but we'll get to that later. Uh, overall, what did you think of the ultra-violent arm wrestle? Bad. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, it, like, eventually it gets... I mean, not even good, because the Weed Whacker stuff is just not... Like, it's just gross. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh... And there's like... Because it's not even like a, a cool weapon to see used, because it, they, they're obviously scared to use it. <laughs> so it takes them about five hours to use it on each other. Yeah. The other guy's bracing really strong, and they, they just do it and think it's not like a chair or it's like a, a baseball bat or something. Like it's, or, or a light tube, which yeah, they, they a light eventually tube that would come. explodes, you know, and look cool to use. With a weed whacker, it takes ages to use. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the. the, the gash or whatever it leaves is gnarly but it's like not a fun thing to watch happen so yeah just move on from weed whackers please like it was good in the 90s when you needed to sell this thing but i guess we you know we're talking to the past now i'm talking to the past (laughs) and that's absurd but it's Uh, true it's like the logic of like well if it's a no dq match where like i know zandig must have guns like why not just (laughs) why not just shoot the guy in the head if it's a no dq match like it sort of begs the question like, if you can read back a guy, why aren't they all just constantly... Yeah, it's like Pokemon. It's like, why don't you just shoot Pikachu? Like, why, don't you just, why don't you just use a shotgun on Team Rocket? Like, like why are you still sticking to, gen, you know, honourable gentlemen? Weed Whacker is, you know, the honourable weapon. Um, and, and then the weirdest thing happens. So the camera just follows Zandig as he walks backstage with the Weed Whacker, looking, like, hunting down Wife Beater and Smack Mag. And he's just looking for him. And then he meets this, like, big sort of biker guy. Like, he's just got bikers around him at all times. <laughs> and he tells him, like, I want that guy fucking in my ring tonight. And the guy's like, no problem, bud. And they hug. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what is this? <laughs> what a weird bit of character growth. Is that, like, a very odd bit of BTS there for the fans, I guess? I don't know. Normally it's special features and whatever. But, yeah, it was good, you know, good to see... The, the, the exists outside of the realm of the ring. Yeah, totally. And then we cut back, and the ca- you see the view from the camera guy walking back to the ring, and Trent Acid and softcore Nick Burke are already in the ring. And man, at this point, this is where I was groaning. So for, to- for total context, like I messaged you after that ultra-violent arm wrestle, and I was like, dude, I'm baked as hell, and this might be the best show ever. I'm just laughing my ass off. And the segments were so short that they were inoffensive that I was like... This might actually be a great show, dude. I'm, I'm feeling my first two out of seven. <laughs> and then I see these two, and I'm like, it's still, we're nearly 30 minutes in, and we've not had, like, a real match. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe we'll get a match out of these two. And instead, they start cutting just an awful promo on the Cash Marinos. Uh, Burke is, like, noticeably just so bad here. Like, he's such a bad promo. He's so unfunny, uncharismatic. 
Uh, like, I feel like he's just an anchor on Trent Acid. He's bringing him down. I don't know why these guys are paired together. Yeah, he looks like an older guy that flirts with, like, young girls <laughs> at, at like, school. Or, like, he works in a gas station or whatever, like, mm-hmm. from in, in, like, American Pie or whatever. And he's just, like, a loser, basically. Yeah, dude, you nailed it. This guy is a loser. Uh, I hate this guy. And then, so, Acid takes over on the microphone. Because this whole time, there's been a terrible Nick Burke promo. And so, Acid starts actually cutting a promo. And I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then he starts just hurling homophobic slurs at the Cashmarinos. And I'm like, oh, right, of course. Uh, and so, uh, Johnny Cashmere comes out alone. And he's like, you think I'm gay? You guys are gay. Which is the it's ultimate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an undefeated comeback, to be fair. Yeah, I'm There's not gay, you're gay. Yeah, Stan's undefeated. No, but you. Like, that's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, and then during the middle of this, the microphone just dies, and the guys are totally lost. And then out of nowhere, Burke just picks up Cashmere and hits this terrifying, like, high-angle pile driver. It's like a Rikishi driver where the guy's facing him. Like, think SummerSlam 97. And just drops him, like, almost on his neck. It, it, was, it looked really dangerous. Uh, and then they just leave the ring to look for Moreno, who wasn't in the ring the whole time. Uh, and this whole thing just made no sense. Uh, it was just terrible. Yeah, I didn't understand it. I didn't enjoy it. I mean, Trent Acid, not even Trent Acid, could do well to save it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a handsome man. <laughs> uh, he didn't get his ass out yet. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a very odd segment. There's no pacing to this show. And, like, at this point, I was not high when I watched it. So I was... <laughs> In the depths of hell. Well, and for me... I was very low, if anything, watching <laughs> I mean, this is a really bad segment anywhere on the show. But for me, a few of those earlier segments, they would have been fine in between matches. Or like... Like yeah. the, the retirement one, for instance. If you'd just seen a killer match, and then they give you that, and then another match followed... You'd be like, that's totally good, actually. It's yeah, like like a bit of variety. If you listen to a rap album and up top it's all skits, you're like, this is <laughs> yeah. this is absurd. The, like, the first half is the yeah, skits. Yeah, it's the skits. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, this is cr- like, what is going on? Give me one rap song, please. I don't just want all skits. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this was. They they front loaded with skits. Yeah, uh, and then we get a hard cut, and I have written here, 33 minutes in, nothing but segments. Then the announcer says the next match is a tag, and then finally he introduces Mercury, who comes out, walks to the side, and shakes hands with Hat Guy right away. Oh uh, yeah, Hat Guy's here. Hat did, Guy's in Philadelphia. I, I did want to mention that, because Andy sort of talks with him a bit, but he's following CW around, man. Like, that's, <laughs> I want a Hat Dick. A Hat Dick. <laughs> a Hat Guy, although a Hat Dig t- tag team. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that comes up. Um... I want a hat guy autobiography or biography or something. I don't know, maybe if he's already a scrapbook. Yeah, just something. Yeah, just like he made it when Nick Gage couldn't. Like that's crazy. Yeah, he <laughs> must have so many clothes covered in various CZW wrestlers' blood. Yeah, there's no way. He's, he's got a... all the types of hepatitis on his yeah, yeah on his shirt, <laughs> yeah. his tie dye shirts. And then his partner's introduced, and we get low key who enters holding a ladder to the most awesome like. Just sort of like Mortal Kombat music. It, he's, it's an awesome entrance. He looks like a badass. He's wearing like the full garb uh, with just Japanese symbols on his back. But it looks like it spells low-key, sort of. I don't know if that's just me looking into it. Yeah. I, I think this guy's awesome. He's just such a star on this show compared to everyone else, you know? Yeah, he's got a look about him, mm-hmm. for sure. He, he looks he like... He's bald, which is powerful. To be to stand out in CZW whilst being bald, mm. incredibly powerful. Yeah. Because the, a lot of people are bald in CZW. Well, his partner Mercury is a bald guy who's way more jacked, and 
Loki just has so much more star presence to him. Like, it's tough to describe what makes him... Yeah, if he wasn't... If he wasn't in a wrestling ring in this university, I would assume he's come to take vengeance on people who <laughs> used to bully him. Yes, um, absolutely. Like, but he's here to wrestle, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, Loki's not said don't come to school tomorrow. Like, he <laughs> wants everyone there. Yeah, just like Xander, he wants them all there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. then you cue Bow at the Bar, and we get Rick Blade coming out with TCK. And Rick Blade's doing that Bret Hart thing where he gives his bandana to, like, a kid in the front. <laughs> I feel like if I was a parent, I'd be like, don't fucking talk to my kid, dude. Just yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, keep your bandana. <laughs> we don't know what's on that bandana, bro. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh, and this starts maybe the first official match of the show. Rick Blade and TCK versus Loki and Mercury. And I had to say, my excitement level going into this one, pretty high. Me too, because I was like, a wrestling match, finally. <laughs> and also, it could be a good wrestling match. And it could be good. Because, like, the official timer before the wrestling starts, I noted it down. So it's 38 minutes into a one-hour, 36-minute show before there's an actual wrestling match. That is absolutely absurd. That's crazy. Offensive. Yeah, that is. The the C in CZW stands for Crazy Zone Wrestling. Hey, there you go. Crazy Zone No Wrestling. (laughs) That's what they should have called it. Yeah. Um, So we get... Mercury and Blade begin, and it's sort of exactly what you'd expect. It's the same reversal off they've been having for like the last four shows, but it's great. They they just they have more and more chemistry every time they wrestle. Uh, it ends with Blade super kicking Mercury, and then he begs off and tags in Loki, who also eats a super kick. Key and Mercury regroup outside, and Blade goes to play the table for TCK to do the dive off his back, and TCK just humiliatingly botches, unable to get over the top rope. Like he slips on Rick Blade's back. <laughs> It looks like he drops a neon blade. This is yeah, embarrassing. A, there is quite a lot of botches to come, um, but yeah, this is. I mean, you and you instantly lose the, like the crowd are immediately just like you fucked up. Dude. Like straight away, they're just like on their backs. Like it's going to take a lot to to work out. And like these wrestlers are better than that. Like I don't know, I don't know if it's the setup of the ring or the you know maybe it's not been set up right or something. But yeah, this is. They're better than this. I, I didn't know when to say this, but I'll just say it now. Because this is just one of those nights where everyone's having an off night. Mm. Like, it's one of those when things should go well, they went wrong. All the bad things you could imagine happening happened. And this botch, as terrible as it was with TCK, was so forgettable by the end of the match because of what would come later. I was, like, blown away by this. And I felt bad for these guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, after he botches it, Blade, uh, TCK just rolls out and starts brawling with the guys. And Rick Blade sort of saves the moment with like a high angle swanton on all three of them. That looks like really good. Yeah. And then Loki introduces the ladder to the ring. Now this is one of the most fucking crazy moments we've seen in any of these shows so far. And I know we say that a lot, but I mean this. He climbs this massive ladder that's got to be like a good few feet above the top rope. Climbs to the very top with his back turned to the three guys outside ready to moonsault. He goes to moonsault. And in the force of him trying to do it, the referee's not holding the ladder or anything. He kicks the ladder out from under him, stays exactly in place, and falls, like, upside down through the ring ropes and the fucking apron. And lands on his, like, neck, on the back of his neck. It was fucking terrifying. Yeah, we can't, like, you can't see exactly what he falls, because, like, the camera doesn't quite catch it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's either his back or his neck. Like, it is, wherever it is, Like the back of his shoulders. Yeah, because the ref... The ref should be holding it at least, but also that there is a reason those ladders like are not used in real wrestling companies. Like these ladders are meant for like just your 
dad being like, I'm going to clear the gutters, mm-hmm. not I'm going to do a swanton off it or like a backflip off T- it. Totally. Because they're not solid and like, it's clearly the momentum kicks the ladder out instead of pushing him off. Mm-hmm. So he just like botches and just falls down and you're like, that dude's dead. Dude, it was so scary. Like if I didn't know Loki had a long career after this, yeah. like if we never saw him again, I'd be like, well, he must have just broken his neck and he's never back again. Because it was so fucking crazy, this bump. And it was so gross. that Here's how you know it was gross. is the, the Combat Zone wrestling fans wouldn't even chant, you fucked up. Yeah, they were just like, oh shit, we've seen a man die. They were literally just concerned. Yeah. <laughs> this weird I'm, hush fell over the arena that I've never seen before. They'll chair through, they'll chair through weed whackers and salt being poured on wounds. But this was like the one thing where they were like, oh shit. Oh, fuck. And especially, it's like, oh, the best wrestler we've ever seen in here has just died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the match just continued. And Loki, like, at first, you could tell he's so angry by botching, he just picks up a chair from the crowd and hits Rick Blade as hard as you've ever seen a guy hit a guy with a chair. Like, the fucking chair, like, seat fucking flew off. It was fucking crazy. And then the match continues with uh, Mercury and TCK in the ring, and Loki is just on the apron, like, recuperating. I yeah. think he just, like, the damage of what just happened sort of sets in. Because it would have been adrenaline at first, kept mm-hmm. him going, he would have been like, no, I'm fine. But then, yeah, at a point, you just don't really see him anymore. You can tell he's just fucked, man. He's, yeah. He's just recovering. And literally, as Mercury and Blade are wrestling in the ring, the fans are chanting low-key to try to, like, revive him. Like, they're yeah. worried for him. It, it was a really just ugly scene, man. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember seeing a match like this where... Even in the year 2000, I'm shocked they didn't, like, call him to the back and, like, get him help. Yeah, yeah, it's bad that he... I mean, he carries on going. He goes through the rest of the match. Like, that's absurd. Like, he should mm-hmm. be looked at or something. But, yeah, he keeps going. Yeah, and and like, everything he's doing is with the anger of a guy who's just humiliated himself. So even his basic kicks to the head, you can tell he's for real kicking Rick Blade as hard as he can in the head. Yeah, he wants someone's head to come off. And then he hits his awesome exploder suplex on him. Right after TCK gets in the ring and he, Loki just smokes him with a dragon suplex that looks really good on his head. And then Blade outside, Blade and Mercury fight like near the merch stand. And he sets up a table, puts Mercury on top of it. And then he climbs up the bleachers onto like a basketball hoop, like the top of the basketball hoop. Yeah. And already it just looks so cool because he's just standing behind the... He's standing on a, yeah, it's it's nuts. It's like the truss that holds the hoop up. Yeah. And he does the crane kick pose, looks as awesome as ever, drops the leg drop, and then just falls backwards too hard, smoking the back of his head on the ground, and Rick Blade is just unconscious from this, yeah. from this point forward. Because like, the way he falls is he's supposed to, obviously he's, he's supposed to land on the guy and go through the table with him. Mm-hmm. His leg lands on the guy, breaking the table, but he falls onto the floor. Yeah. And it's like... And it's all brutal. the impacts on yeah. the back of his head. Yeah, and he, like everyone is surrounding him immediately because he looks like he's also just died. <laughs> yeah, like it is insane. Yeah. Uh, it's it's absolutely crazy. And then and then the camera just like moves along back to the ring, like it just in one swift motion. It's just back onto the wrestling, I guess, because like yeah, we don't want to see whether Rick Blade's dead or not. So yeah, we'll just we'll just go to the ring. Exactly. And in ring. Uh, Loki and TCK are battling on the top rope, and there's been a table set up in the ring, I guess when they were off camera, and TCK just hits a clean superplex through the table, but it was just sort of like a nothing thing, and then TCK gets a pin, Loki Loki clearly kicks out at two, but the referee counts three, and he's just like, it's almost like, we gotta end this, because two guys need medical attention, we're just getting the fuck out of here, like it looked really botched, 
And then even when the match ends, the sound guy fucked up and they played Loki's music. And you can just tell people are like, everything's going wrong. Yeah, it's a real it's a real bad fuck up. Um, for sure. Because like, you can tell as well that this it was a mess up on the refs or it was something that none of the wrestlers were expecting. Because like, I think the ref was just calling an audible. Like, I think Loki was supposed to win. That's why his music was queued up. And I just think the ref. You think was, the ref? I mean, fair play if the ref did that. That was good of him. I just don't think a ref or, in CZW or, would. Or Loki didn't kick out in time, and he clearly because he clearly did hit three. Yeah. Even though Loki put his arm up, so maybe he's like, "Look, I just counted three. Like, let's just get the fuck out of here. Like, it's time to go." Yeah, because then the match just hard cuts away. Yeah, so it's clear that something <laughs> went wrong, and they were just like, "Yeah, just fucking end it." One of the I can't I can't remember a match where just so much went wrong at once like this. It was just such a debacle. And yeah, and in seri- quite serious ways as well. Like, there's been like little. Do both guys are lucky if they wrestle the next week? They're both very lucky. Uh, and the whole thing lasted 9 minutes and 45 seconds, which I would have thought longer for these guys. But, yeah, that, it was what it was. Yeah. Uh, we get our hard cut, and we're here back with the, if you remember these guys, the bad crew. I believe we saw them at Pain in the Rain. Look at me, the fucking CCW historian here. Yeah, I know, jeez, you've got a good memory for a man who drinks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and smokes a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd just fucking hates them. And one guy you can hear yell clearly, you fuck your sister. <laughs> like, great insult from the audience. There's a lot of, I mean, Zandik brought up sisters before, so maybe something's happened in the mm-hmm. world of CCW about sisters. But, yeah, I guess they're just everyone's yelling it. Yeah, who knows? Uh, and then out come, the, the bad crew are out here cutting promos, terrible promos. Uh, looking to challenge the Haas brothers to a match uh, for the because apparently they'd put out an open challenge for the CZW tag titles. So then TNT by ACDC starts playing and the Haas bros just rush the ring and attack these guys mid promo. And it's awesome. I, I love the Haas bros at this point. Uh, they hit stereo drop kicks, sending the bad crew to the outside, and then they pull off the they successfully pull off the the spot that TCK botched where one of the guy posts as a table and the other guy uses him to dive over. And then they're just brawling into the crowd, up to the bleachers. It's funny, because if you remember last week, Charlie ha- or the week before, Charlie Haas just took a brutal like fall down the bleachers. Yeah. He slipped. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like he was trying to recreate that, but he did it so much more safely. Like He looked where he was going, and then he sort of did this like planned tumble. These guys are good wrestlers. <laughs> Ultimately, like these guys, the Haas brothers are good wrestlers, and the bad crew are bad ones. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to like actual moves. And they're wrestling on side, and it's a good time to point out, because I forgot to say, instead of any barricade or, or like any normal wall or anything, you've got those like... Part no parking like barricades that they have like in parking lots. Or yeah, you grind and stuff. on them in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm yeah. like, well, I don't know where they got all these, but it's just a it, it is a cool visual for ring barricades. But there's I, some there's a parking lot now full of cars that wasn't meant to be, or like <laughs> or something like maybe they need more car doors, so they're like we'll cause a bit of chaos. <laughs> That's exactly it, something yeah. like that. Because uh, yeah, they look stolen as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the match goes back in ring, and the, it just starts slowing down. Um, like, it's just, the Haas bros are slowly dominating with just, they pull him up, hit a move, then pose a bit, and then Bad Crew takes over with, like, 80s heel tactics, uh, and it's, I also notice here, they throw Charlie over the top rope, and he lands on these, like, bright blue mats on the outside, and I was almost surprised that they even had safety mats for these guys, because the ECW thing was always like, we don't have those pretty blue mats on the outside, and, like, they would like brag about how unsafe they are for the wrestlers. That's cool. But I, I imagine it's like 
a university requirement or something like Potentially, that. Potentially, yeah, because it's not always they have safety mats, right? Like, I, yeah. I think there's definitely been times where they haven't. Or, like, maybe they were just like, the university has these, so we'll use them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't bring them themselves. They're like, oh, sweet, bonus. That part is safety. <laughs> that part is clear. You can tell they yeah. didn't bring these themselves. Because if they did, they'd be, like, yellow and, like, torn Bloody, up and yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I don't... This isn't a great match. I don't know. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's just so nothing. It's just... Yeah, I it's, have written here mundane. Yeah, very boring. Like, very mid. Mm-hmm. Like, not... I mean, it's as good as a match featuring only two good wrestlers, like a tag team match can be, <laughs> when there's only two good wrestlers. Yeah, like, everything the bad crew does looks bad. Like, they look bad. They're not yeah, good. Yeah, they just... The bad crew just feel like, you know, when you're, like training in a fighting game and you just face the dummy that just stands there and just it gets back up but you just do all your cool moves on it and you're like well this isn't cool because they're not moving yeah uh, like this is the same thing with them where they barely react before the hospitals are just throwing them about and doing sick moves mm-hmm. at one point though they do get a table in the ring and then both bad crew members go up on the top rope with russ and they they they're trying to do a double power bomb through the table and one of the brothers just loses his grip, and it just looks like this botch, like they all just fall through the table together. And the crowd chants, you fucked up at them. And then Russ, much like Loki after botching, you can tell he's just angry, and he just picks up a chair and fucking destroys both the guys with just brutal chair shots to the head. And then they do their classic taint elbow drop for the <laughs> win at 11 minutes and 27 seconds. So still, your tag team champs. The Haas bros. And still the best brothers who were on the independent wrestling (laughs) scene who come into TNT and wrestle in blue. They're in not a work wrestler tag team. Haas bros the best. They are. They are that. Exactly. But I do, I'll be honest, I like how they're building them. I think they are adding like a bit of seriousness to the tag belts. And they are bringing in just random teams for them to beat. I, I liked the Shane twins a lot more last week, but... I like what they're doing with the Hospitals in general. Like, it is actually just sound booking. Uh, then we get our hard cut, and Dewey Donovan is out next. And the crowd just starts chanting, Dewey fucks pigs. Which I'm like, that's a that's a new one. I've never heard that no, before. Yeah. He reminds me of the, um, a slightly less handsome... You, have you ever seen the film The Mummy? Yeah. The guy who, like, protects, he's, like, Egyptian or whatever, and he, like, he's, like, protecting, and he's, like, warning, always warning them about don't go in there. He looks a bit like that. Yeah. Fact, like, is it, it's not Imhotep, but he's basically, there's a group of them, and he's, like, don't go into it. <laughs> don't do that. That like, is an odd reference, but you're completely right. <laughs> yeah. I totally see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Acid and Burke get introed again. Team Softcore. And I'm just groaning. I'm like, these guys again? And both guys have chairs, which I'm like, is even against their gimmick. I'm like, I fucking hate this team. I really hate Nick Burke on this show specifically. He's my new bottom. Like, John Dahmer is the second from the bottom now to me. Yeah. Um, And we get our match here. White Lotus and Johnny Cashmere versus Trent Acid and Nick Burke. Uh, So I think, what, the second or third match of this night? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the th- yeah, I, th- I think it's t- yeah the third match. I think <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the third, yeah, yeah, yeah. So within thirty seconds, and all tag matches by the way, all three of them. Uh, within thirty seconds, the baby faces just lose control uh, and then regain it by crotching both guys in, of in the corner. And then Cashmere uh, goes outside and grabs two garbage cans and they put one on each of the guys' head and then hit the garbage cans with chairs. That's always going to get a good reaction from the crowd. That always looks funny. Yeah. Uh, Lotus dives on Burke while uh, Cashmere throws acid a chair and then boots it. They're all just brawling outside. This is clearly like a tornado tag. Like, they're not following, uh, they're not tagging in and out. It's 
anything goes. They're hitting each other with weapons and shit. Yeah, they're just going for it, hell for leather. Which again, I hate. Like Nick Burke's meant to be the one guy who's anti, like anti weapon, anti thing. And then as soon as there's an ODQ match, he's just using chairs and shit. I'm like, I don't know. I just hate it. I think it's like, yeah. If that's your gimmick, it should be your gimmick. And where's his violet shirt gone? Yeah. He, where he was always, that great joke. Yeah, that had. great joke for four weeks where he kept coming in going, oh, ultra violet. I thought you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just awful. At one point, Acid and Cashmere wrestle outside of the arena. And it's funny because whenever WWE does this, you've got like 50 fans trying to follow and securities like holding them back. Yeah. Whereas in this case, you've got like three fans that actually paid attention and went outside with them. <laughs> yeah, like that. The camera guy's like, "You should come outside, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be sick outside, bro. Because yeah. like we need it to mo- look not like a bum fight. Like we need <laughs> people to know that this is like. Yeah, we don't want the police to arrest. Yeah, because <laughs> if the police were driving past, they'd just be like, "Oh, those two dudes are fighting. Like, yeah. there's not a wrestling they're, match. They're, they're gay couples having a, domestic, <laughs> yeah. a domestic dispute. Are they umbrellas? <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> this is a hate crime." <laughs> So yeah, Trent Acid, uh, Irish whips Cashmere down these stairs, and it's funny because it's one of those, you can tell Cashmere should have just taken a bump, but it would have been just rolling onto concrete and eating shit, so instead he just like lands on his feet and then falls over, and I'm like, ah, I didn't even commit. And then that's all they do outside, Acid just pulls him back by the head and they just go back inside. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool, we got to see what a lobby in Philadelphia was like. Um, and then the match in, in the ring, though, Lotus and Burke, are, they're on top of the bleachers this whole time. Lotus super kicks Burke, and he does the same thing Charlie did with the sort of designed roll down the bleachers, but very safe. Uh, and then in ring, Acid hits a top rope face buster onto, onto the trash can to Johnny Cashmere, and then he pulls his ass out for the moonsault. <laughs> And the crowd just hates this. They it's so a, hate the ass out. Well, it is. It's a very slow reveal on the ass as well. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very normally when he does it. Like you could, you could, you could pretend it was maybe accidental mm-hmm. at first. But this one is very much like, I don't care about the law of nudity in uh, an educational building. Mm-hmm. I, my ass is coming out whether you like it or not. Totally. Yeah. At least we know it's not a high school, so I don't think this was illegal. Even though, again, there are kids in the audience. Yeah, Trent Acid, he lives up... Because he puts it away quite quickly as well, so I don't know if he's like, oh, shit. Well, Robbie Marino runs in the ring, and it smokes him in the head with a garbage can lid with his ass out, which is always classic. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, he just gets pinned off of this at 9 minutes and 55 seconds by Johnny Cashmere. Uh, And then we get, like, an immediate hard cut away as well. Oh, sorry, I missed the... Yeah, they powerbomb him. Onto a trash can. He's and dressed like him. a trash can. He's in like his full silver outfit. <laughs> like yeah. he's just finished a marathon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, n- not a good match either. Like, like, I think the thing is as well, like, because there's been, there was, a third of the show was dedicated to not wrestling. A lot has to ride on these wrestling matches. So that they they feel even worse because they're, there's, they're very few of them. To kind of dilute the thing. I think if it had been in a show, maybe it would have been a bit more acceptable. But the matches have been, like, not great so far, I'd say. Totally. It's one of those, you could put on the exact same show, and if just the matches were higher quality, like, if all the unfortunate shit that happened didn't happen, and they were just ordered in a different way, this could have been a really good show. Not really good. It could have been, like, a, a serviceable show. Yeah, if you cut out, genuinely, cut out the first 38 minutes, maybe the arm wrestling pops up somewhere, like, maybe it starts the main event or something or whatever, leads into an actual wrestling match instead of not. Um, it would have been, like, a really good one-hour show, I think, like, relative to CZW levels, but totally. as it is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's pretty dire. 
And, and then we're we're told by the announcer we're here for our main event, and I was like, all right, all right, <laughs> yeah. here we go. Uh, he, in, he introduces the enforcer Rob Hartog, who will be overseeing the next match. Uh, and then the, you notice the ring has barbed wire, but only wrapped around the second and third ropes, which I thought was sort of weird. And it's just, it reminds me of the first ever barbed wire brawl. Like, it's such an insignificant amount of barbed wire, and it's got nothing to do with the match that you just forget it's there. Yeah, and um, yeah, Smack Shack's come out. Yeah, and he's, he's gotten a promo. Yeah, uh, you know, the the third Paul brother. Although, <laughs> maybe the fourth. I don't know if there's actually a third Paul brother. But, the, you know, the forgotten Paul brother. Um, oh, yeah. I love him. And he's out with Wife Beater and Cronus, who will be teaming with Wife Beater. Uh, which I thought was sort of odd. But I guess this guy is just sticking around. He really feels like a guy just picking up a paycheck every time you see him. <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. nothing to do storyline-wise. They never, like, he just shows up here and there. Yeah, I mean, I like you know, I like his hair, and you know, he's good. He's a good figure to stomp about and stuff. But I mean, even Wife Beater makes him look kind of small a bit. Like Wife Beater's not small, huge. but he makes him look out of shape and flabby. Yeah, Wife Beater's like, so ripped, and yeah, this guy's like let himself go. The world's biggest leprechaun, I'd say, <laughs> makes him look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and meanwhile, Smack Shack's doing this big promo, uh, mocking Lobo, and he pulls out this fake nose, this big fake nose, and then a fake wig, and dresses like Lobo. I'm like, wow, you got him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look anything like that. Like, you really like, showed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very odd. Um, I mean, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And then Lobo comes out, enters with the Weed Whacker, and he chases Smack Mac like, out of the arena. <laughs> he like, just runs around, and, the, and then he puts the Weed Whacker down, because, of course, that wouldn't make sense if you started the match with a Weed Whacker. Uh, and then both Zandig and Lobo rush the ring, and the match begins. So we got Lobo and Zandig versus Wife Beater and Cronus. On paper, should be a good match. Uh, and it quickly spills outside as Zandig has this... Oh, by the way, this is also a fans bring the weapons match. So the entire time, fans are just giving them random shit, random items. Like, right away, this guy hands, like, a toy fire truck that looks I've pretty never, solid. I've never heard of a match like that before, to really? be fair. Yeah, I've never heard of a, a fans bring their weapons. Is that, like, I don't common? know who invented it, but I know it's, like, a CCW staple. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I've, I've heard of these before. Yeah, because there's a, there's a woman sh- yelling in a shrill manner the entire match. Oh. Use the dildo Dude. like throughout the in, entire match. Like yeah. there's only there's only been one sound clip recorded for this video game audience, and mm-hmm. the only clip they've got is use the dildo like the entire time. Yeah. She she's like they're not gonna put it up their ass. Like what do you think they're gonna do with the dildo? She she has all the energy. You know what? Like concerts or events. When a woman's just so drunk and they're yeah. such a nuisance that they get them and her boyfriend kicked out of the event. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like one of those. You're like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, because like, we get it. Use the dildo. Like, it's, it pierces through everything. Like, all you hear is use the dildo. It, the it borderline entire... ruins the match. <laughs> it's so annoying after a while. You're just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And they will. It's Zandig. He will use it. So yeah. just give him time. Give they're, him time. They're artists here, all right? Yeah, he's going to put it in his ass. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, so they they double team Kronos and make this huge not with the dildo not <laughs> the dildo no uh, they're near this and it's funny because this is like a classic again it looks like a high school gym I know it's a university but it's got one of those stages it reminds me totally of like the one I had in in middle school even Moody Middle Port Moody shout out but it's got this stage area where like a band would play or whatever and so uh, like at the bottom they make this chair table with like six chairs. And then Zandig lays a big pane of glass across the table. And they go up there, and you think they're going to like put, try to put Cronus or Wife Beater in. 
but then Smack Mac attacks them when they're on the stage. So they just set up Smack Mac and fucking ta double tackle him off this stage onto a pane of glass, onto like six chairs. And the glass doesn't shatter. It just like breaks, you know? Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Um, and Smack Mac, I mean, he's not built to take any bumps. Dude. And he's already taken two of the most brutal bumps in the entire <laughs> yeah. of CZW's history. I've like, only seen on him bump twice, and they're the worst bumps. Yeah, they are uh, grim. Um, I think it's funny as well, because like, on the stage, it's clear that it looks like they're like, we need to protect these musical instruments. So there's yeah. just like five dudes surrounding the keyboards and drums. Like, bro, this is the only kit we've got for the entire school. They can't use this. Yeah, there's definitely a drum set that they were worried Zandig was gonna <laughs> yeah. fucking destroy or something. He, yeah, that that actually the person protecting it is shouting, please use the dildo like oh, anything but the drums. At one point Acronis is bleeding by the way. I think everyone's bleeding at a certain point. They're all they've all done a blade job. Uh, at one point Zandig's just got wife feeder in the ring and he picks up like an old school TV like from the 80s or the 90s, like you know the ones that are just square and fucking super heavy. Yeah. And he drops it on Wife Feeder's head in a way that probably made him like two inches shorter. Like yeah. he drops the full weight of this thing on the top of his head, and it's fucking crazy. Yeah, not like screen wire, not not screen wire. Yeah, he didn't. Either. Not classic, like not where they're wearing it. <laughs> yeah, where they're wearing, where they like become the TV. Yeah, it's just like the bottom of it, like in yeah. a more violent, classic manner of using a TV that size, dude. Like it just. I d that's obscene. Like that's crazy. That's a cr that's he's a compressed vertebrae. Yeah, that's he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's sh he's shrinking for sure. And then for the next couple of minutes, Zandig is just. It's almost like he didn't want any one fan not to get their weapon in, so he was just picking up random weapons. He drops a bowling ball on Wife Feeder's stomach. I think that is a subtle Kingpin reference. Oh, yeah, shout out. The, yeah, the Kingpins. I think that... How amazing would it have been if they'd run in at that point? <laughs> at one point, there's a kitchen sink, too, so they can tell you, like, oh, we even had the kitchen sink. You yeah. Know? Uh, Zandig also bowls the bowling ball into his Wife Beater's nuts, which is awesome. And someone yells, strike. Which is, <laughs> yeah, that's <is> good. so good. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Cronus and Lobo, they wrestle to the top of the bleachers, and they decide to recreate that disgusting bump they did a few weeks ago, yeah. where Cronus just beals Lobo, and Lobo lands all of his weight back and back and ass onto these bleachers. It fucking looks brutal. Yeah, this is a this is a really brutal match, but it is fun, I will say. Like, mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they really... Like, it really does make it worth watching i'd say the the episode because it is a lot of fun i i will disagree that this episode is worth watching but <laughs> Sorry, I, this yeah. was the highlight of the show easily, yeah easily just skip to this bit basically yeah maybe not <laughs> worth watching but it, it was good it, it felt like after the desert we'd been through of wrestling it felt like a, a small bottle of water <laughs> and at one point uh zandig sets up a computer and, and slams wife beater onto it Hits, he breaks a crutch on his back. He bends a golf club over his back. He's just like picking he hates up every weapons sport. and he hates, hitting him with it. He hates jocks and he hates nerds. <laughs> Computers and sports. And then at one point, they're all in the ring, and Wife Feeder goes to hit his patented gorilla press onto Zandig and throw him through a table. And he just doesn't get him up. Like he, it's almost like maybe the cut that's on his ribs that is disgusting and like an open wound, by the way. Maybe that like prevented him from fully putting his I strength think, in. Yeah, we've seen a lot of things during this match that could prevent someone from doing anything. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, he's there was a moment as well um, where um, Zandig starts using a cheese grater on yeah. Wife Beater's head. 
mm-hmm. wife grater's head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, but like actually using it, like he is scraping it across his head, and it is dark. So yeah, I don't. I think there's many reasons why wife beater wouldn't be able to lift a empty plastic bag, yet alone Zandig. Yeah, well, it's just, but it just like at this night, I'm like, man. That's such a reliable spot of these guys gorilla pressing each other over the top rope. And they couldn't even do that. Like, they're just too... It's just this night is not anyone's night, you know? Yeah. And yeah. even Zandig, to his credit, he doesn't go... Like, a lot of guys would just put themselves through a table or whatever or just go for it. Zandig, like, stops himself and he's like, No, no, you're not getting me that easy. Almost like it was on purpose. Um, but then the fans hand Lobo this toy fire truck that I think we saw earlier. He just breaks it on Cronus's head. It looked fucking brutal. Uh, and then we have Wife Beater and Zandig taking forever to try gorilla press each other again. <laughs> Just doesn't work. Uh, outside, finally, Wife Beater gets him up and puts him through the table. Uh, and then, then it's just like I don't know what's happening here. They bring everyone in the ring, and then the referee just calls for the bell. And I'm just so confused because I don't know what happened. And it turns out Cronus has turned on Wife Beater in this match to join Zandig. And so for some reason, the referee's like. Well, this isn't a match anymore. Call the bell. And this thing ends with a no contest at 11 minutes, 26 seconds. Yeah, Zandig brought Cronus from home. That's the <laughs> weapon he wanted to use. Yeah. I mean, the first time maybe the refs called it, like, maybe the only time it wasn't justified. Like, mm-hmm. there was previous matches where dudes could have literally broken their neck and broken <laughs> their back. Like, let the match go on. Let the, let the lads have some fun as a new new group of lads, new new family. Yeah, totally. It's weird. But then it just turns into... It's almost like Wife Beater's receipt for what they did to Zandig last week. Because this is just a prolonged three-on-one fucking beatdown. As Lobo, Cronus, and Zandig pick up any weapon they can find and just assault this guy with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's brutal, man. It's like... By the end, Wife Beater looks so beat up and just, like, ready to call it a night. Like, back in the day, if you were just watching this without realising it was a wrestling match, and, yeah. like, it was grainy, it was, like, even more grainy than this, because we're watching it in the highest possible quality <laughs> we can, and it looks like shit, yeah. you'd just be like, is this a snuff film? Yeah. Like, this, I feel like this is illegal. Like, yes. I should not be watching this, like, where have you got this? Return it from whence <laughs> it came. Because, like, yeah, they are just going to town on uh, Wife Beater. Yeah, you'd almost be like, this is a bit much. Should they not have bum fights or something? Like <laughs> yeah, something more palatable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a palate cleanser, yeah. And so this this just ends, and finally, right near the end, Zandig goes out of the ring, picks up the dildo that's been screamed about all match, and shoves it in Smack Mac's mouth. <laughs> it was a pretty just, good ending. It was great. If you're going to end a match, he's got to end up with a dildo. Um, and then that's it. Uh, we go to the backstage, and they choose, like the loudest part of the arena to do these bad six segments. It's almost like they're next to, like, the heater in the building or whatever. It's like, why would you... You can't hear the guys. All you can yeah. hear is this, like, whatever machine they're next to. And it's Mercury in a Philly Flyers jersey uh, cutting a promo on Midnight. Uh, like, he's like, he said he got me this job here. I've never been handed anything. So that's why I turned on my longtime friend. That's weird. Who was retiring. <laughs> yeah, that's weird because that's why I think maybe he said the wrong thing or something because he, I don't think... I mean, from what I remember, he didn't say... Midnight didn't say, job. I got him a job. He's like, we no. started here together, and yeah. then he's like, that's wrong, bro! <laughs> I started here five minutes before you! It's like, okay, like that's. but he didn't say, he wasn't taking credit, so... No, you're right, I think they just, he just fucked up the script or whatever. Yeah, and went for him, but fair enough. And then we get Justin Case 
uh, who's at, being asked where Justice Payne is, and he's just the worst speaker you've ever heard on a microphone. <laughs> no business cutting a promo. He's just so bad. And and I'm wondering, like, where are they for this? Like, they're in front of a door, and then you hear a toilet flush, and you realize it's a cubicle. His wife beater comes out of the toilet cubicle. It's pretty funny. Holding his Iron Man championship belt, like, in the toilet. That is pretty yeah. It's pretty good. It's like, the wife beater's got the biggest laughs for me out of CZW so far. He says something so funny, and... I'm not going to repeat it word for word because it has a slur. <laughs> but they're asked, so how do you feel about what happened tonight? And he's like, feel? You think I have feelings? Only F-slurs and girls have feelings. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. That, yeah, and you can tell it comes from the heart. That's what he truly Yeah, that believes. wasn't scripted. That was like, yeah, this is not a, a word. This is not a shoot or whatever. Like, yeah, this is what I really mean. Oh, uh, he's just such a funny looking guy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, there's something... Really funny about wife feeder. His head is out of proportion to his body. <laughs> yeah, like his head is—he just has completely gone. He's got massive shoulders, but his head has never grown. And after that TV spot, he's even got less of a neck. Like his yeah. neck has been compressed. He looks like in Avengers. There's a bit where like uh, Mark Ruffalo's wearing like the Iron Man massive suit, mm-hmm. and it, his helmet shows, and he's just like, "This looks so weird." He just looks like that. He looks like he's wearing like an Iron Man suit because his <laughs> yeah. body is absurd compared to his normal head. Mm-hmm. And and again, I I know we've talked about it, but the scar on his like abdomen. It's like it's got it's like at least seven inches long, and it's so brutal and just like an open fucking wound, like it's disgusting. And you can just see it on camera. He, I can't believe he wrestled a match like that. Like they didn't wrap it or anything. No, yeah, it is. It is bleak. Um, so yeah, it's very odd. Uh, it's very odd. I mean, all these segments are weird. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the only other thing we gotta uh, square up with this. So wife feeder is talking, and then you hear another flush, and Smack Max head like pops up from the cubicle <laughs> next to it. I mean, it's basically the Three Stooges at this point. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, and he talks to Justin Case because they're forming a new faction. He's like, "We got to take over CCW." And he looks at Justin Case and he's like, "Who are we? Who are we?" And Justin Case is clearly supposed to like name their faction yeah and he's like well anyway justice Payne set us up with some girl- <laughs> some girls down the road so let's get going guys and then smack mac pauses and then he's like just in case like because we are the hate club and smack mac's like right the hate club that's right that's what they're gonna call us and so yeah. they like he clearly just botched or forgot what they were the meant to be calling club. themselves and they didn't do a second take. This was all so terrible. Yeah, just like just call it the We Hate Zandig Club or something. Just like I don't. The Hate Club's such a I don't know. Well, especially because Justin Case isn't a wrestler and <laughs> and he can't talk. He's just such a loser. Like he has no place on this show. And Smack Mac is an awful promo. Like White Feeder's the only actual. Talent. He's got charisma. Yeah, he's yeah. got charisma because he's big and muscly. So <laughs> I'm so curious what you're gonna give it. Uh, the final assessment out of seven. What are you saying for this one? Uh, point five. That's exactly what I have written here. It's a point five. Yeah, it's 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 not as bad as the the like the me- well, it's not as bad as some of the early day stuff, but like it's pretty bad. Like I think- I, I have written here though, it was a show with potential, but something was just off about it. It was just yeah, one those, of those like everything those first, that could have gone wrong went wrong. Yeah, those first thirty eight minutes were definitely off with it. Where it took thirty eight minutes to get to wrestling. That's true. Yeah, that is absurd. That's there was some decent wrestling in there. Some like amongst the shit, there was some incredible spots like Rip Blade. Um, you but, know, but in like in the two tag matches, I would have thought would have delivered like the Blade Loki one and the main event. 
there were big botches in both of them. I mean, the first one was just plagued. That match was just a disaster. Yeah, I cursed Matt. You could do a Dark Side of the Ring episode on, on that, that match. match. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, just even Wife Beater not landing, like the Gorilla Press, and just the, the fans bringing the weapons was fun, but there was no psychology. It was just the guy hitting. I mean, not that there normally is, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't as fun as it normally is. You know, it just felt like guys getting hit with stuff and i don't know yeah it is a very weird show i would say yeah definitely there was some all right stuff um i I felt bad for zandig you know i mean it's their philly debut Uh, they have this uh, probably the biggest crowd to date we've seen and it was just a bad show (laughs) i mean yeah but ultimately a lot of the blame probably falls on him like he definitely was like they're gonna love this arm wrestling stuff (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, he's like don't tell anyone but i greased up that ladder (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah But anyway, that has been another episode of Comics in the Combat Zone. We hope you enjoyed. Please tell all your friends, all your ultra-violent fans out there. Uh, I've been Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD on Instagram and Twitter. I've been Ben Stead, at PinkHoverboard on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week.